Do the moss and the mycelium communicate? Do they talk about me? Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark. We've all been through a rough couple of years, haven't we? Just about everyone I know has had some major life-altering change in the past couple years. Loss in the form of sudden or young deaths, breakups, economic insecurity, wildfires and floods, you know the rest. It's been a lot. But it always helps to look to the places that have lasted the longest through incredible stress and turmoil for some advice on how to thrive, even when things appear to fall apart. My favorite place to revel in that resilience is a bog. I will never forget the first time I really paid attention to a bog. It was in a botany class in my first term as a student at College of the Atlantic. My professor Nishi's ebullient enthusiasm for the bog was contagious. Stories of past classes that had come across a dead moose that had died after getting stuck in the bog, or the eyeglasses next to a dog leash found nearby, added some mystique to the stunning little leathery leaves and flowers at our rubber boot-clad feet. It was there that I learned how tough it is to be a bog plant. There is a lot of water, too much for most plants to handle, very little soil, acidic conditions, unrelenting sunshine, and intense winters. So to put up with that inundation of challenges, plants have to adapt. One almost universal adaptation to life in a bog is having leathery leaves. That waxy cuticle around the leaf helps prevent the leaf from drying out from exposure to the sun, wind, and cold temperatures. This is a characteristic that also unites most members of the Ericaceae, or heath family, which also happens to be the most well-represented flowering plant family in a bog. Cranberries, leatherleaf, bog rosemary, Labrador tea, sheep laurel, the list goes on. Members of this plant family, which also includes blueberries, are great at dealing with acidic, thin soils, so a bog is just right for them. Another adaptation for life in a wet bog is to be totally fine with the lack of ample nutritious soil by being non-vascular. Sphagnum mosses, a dominant plant in a bog landscape, lack the straw-like vessels used for transporting water and nutrients around a vascular flowering plant, and instead just function as a sponge, absorbing the water around them and calling that good enough. But a personal favorite bog plant adaptation is being carnivorous. Can't get enough nutrients from the lack of good soil around you? No big deal, just make yourself attractive to bugs so you can capture and absorb their built-in nutrients instead. Pitcher plants and sundews are the two carnivorous plants you can reliably find in bogs around here. This summer, I found myself stumbling into bog plants frequently, whether on foot or by canoe. It's as if these bog plants know that their reminders of beauty and resilience is just what I've needed. To build resilience through challenging times, here's what bog plants have been teaching me. When exposed to challenging conditions, don't forget to don the equivalent of a leathery leaf to protect your heart and body. Remember what you need to thrive and guard it. When your usual tools for well-being aren't working anymore, be like the sphagnum moss and ditch the soda straw of life and simply be present and absorb what you need from moment to moment. And if you're feeling depleted, be like a sundew or a pitcher plant and focus on the nutrition you need, no matter what it takes. So the next time you're outside, you could explore a bog near you. This is the perfect time to notice how the living things in these unique environments adapt not only to the constantly challenging conditions there, but also to the transition to a new season coming soon. Stop and observe, and you'll learn something. I promise. 
You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Reach out to us if you have an idea for a topic of a future episode. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology. Thank you.